0: Now, Walter, I don't know about you, but I would sure like to have received an extra couple hundred thousand dollars over my lifetime. What about you?
1: Yeah, I mean, I I, I can pass on it. You know, we can just give that to somebody well, you're, else. You're a big, you're a big podcast yeah, radio producer. You know, you know how that is. <laughs> this is the Retire Happy Podcast with John Amarino, teaching you each episode about holistic retirement plans. Well, hey there and welcome to another edition of the Retire Happy Podcast with San Diego's premier holistic retirement advisor, John Amarino, financial advisor at Securus Financial, serving you throughout the San Diego area with an office on Trina Street, conveniently there off of Interstate 15 next to Scripps Ranch High School. Find us online, listen to past episodes of the show and uh, find subscribe links, everything you need to know at GoSecurus.com. That's GoSecurus.com com. On today's show, we're going to be talking about classic pre-retiree mistakes. Are you making any of these mistakes? Plus, we've got a great question from one of our listeners. Rourke over in Encinitas has some questions about advisors doing a good job of managing investments, but maybe never talking about other things like uh, Social Security, legacy plans, things like that. So really good question there that we'll end the show with a little bit later on and much, much more. But first, let's say hello to the man of the hour, John Amarino. How are you, sir?
0: I am doing well, Walter. I, you know, as usual, just getting through these crazy days. Well, you know, once we thought it was all over and society was opening back up, we shut it back down shut again. Shut back so, down. Yeah. Yeah, but as long as I have the RV, you got right, the RV
1: my, and you've got your TRX uh, straps, yeah. right? For for working yeah. out.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. my wife gloats in it. She's like, see, I told you, I told you this RV would be a good thing. I'm like, well, no one knew a pandemic was going to go, you know, That's come right. take over the world at that time. But yes, the RV is great. And uh, this is, you know, August is my birthday month. So we're going to be heading out to Arizona. We're going to spend a couple days nice. with some friends out in Scottsdale at the Fairmont. So they're fairly open. So. My wife is uh,
1: very big on pushing for an RV right now. It's not in the cards for us at the moment, but she's just still dreaming about it. And like, it'd be so easy to go visit people and do things with an RV now, right? So,
0: <laughs> yes and no. I mean, listen, it's nice to hop in it, but if you're right. just gonna go visit people and stay at their house or whatnot, it's it's just easier to get in a car. I mean, you have to, yeah. you have to, you know. Granted, it doesn't take that much time anymore now that everything's you know mm-hmm. electronic, but you still have to dump your tanks and and do all that, so there's yeah. still a, quite a bit of work. It's just not, hey, let's go over like cousin Eddie and pull <laughs> yeah, up in front of right. Clark Griswold's, that's right, Yeah. You know,
1: so, but old, I didn't know we were going to get a cousin Eddie reference on today's yeah. show, that's good, that's oh, good yeah. stuff. Well, awesome. Well, glad to hear that you're doing well, and uh, happy uh, early birthday to you also, and hope you enjoy that upcoming trip. That should be great. Thank you. Well, as I mentioned, we have a lot to get to, but before we dive into the meat and potatoes of today's program, as we do from time to time, let's see what's happening in the news. Extra, extra, read all about it. All right, so this was interesting. Came across this, John. Uh, According to a recent poll, 72% of Americans, that's 72%, say that they will prioritize financial planning once the pandemic is over. Hmm, interesting. What percentage do you think actually will do that?
0: Yeah, I think that 72% is about as accurate as a presidential poll. You know, I I honestly think it would probably be half, maybe even less. And really, the reason why is, you know, whenever the pandemic is over, for a lot of people, you know, if they were furloughed and now they're getting back to work or if they're unemployed and now they're finding new work, that's going to be their priority. I, I think for a lot of people, while I think March and really even the pandemic of, of living without a paycheck has has really hit people hard and has opened their eyes, I think people are going to obviously going to have to prioritize, and while they may think that the financial planning is important, they're going to say, "Hey, listen, we got to we have to get our lives back to normal. We have to get you know we have to tune up the work. We have to start refilling our buckets, paying you know bills. You know, perhaps people delayed their mortgage, and now all of a sudden they're going to have that big lump sum mortgage payment due. So, you know, I think people are going to have to take more pressing matters." And, you know, then, you know, once those more pressing matters happen, what then takes place? You know, life. And, you know, as more time goes on and, and now you're kind of returning back to normal, you know, a lot of those people may, you know, the, the financial planning may have gotten put on the back burner and just may never make it back to the forefront. Now, my hope is that, especially if you're a pre-retiree or definitely a newly retired person that you are moving this and not only moving it to the front burner, but you're putting that burner on full high gas because you realize that it is extremely important to have a comfort fund and your investments properly allocated.
1: Yeah, I think it'll be interesting to see what happens and how many people do prioritize that. It's sure certainly this whole thing is supposed to be a big financial wake up call for many of us. And so, if it's not, that would be uh, that would be just as concerning. So, hopefully, people will take that seriously and get financial houses in order when all of this is done. Or even better, start right now while all this is going on. No reason says you have to wait, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, no, you know, especially I don't do Zoom anymore, obviously. <laughs> know, since the China hacking, I've switched over to Microsoft Teams, which is my security people have said is a a good secure area, but, you know, it's at least get that ball rolling. I'm a big relationship guy, you know that, Walter, and I think a lot of the people that choose to work with me are relationships. So, you know, a lot of my newer clients, they want to come in and and meet me and, and see me in person. But, yeah, I mean, you know, the great thing about technology is you don't always have to be face to face. And, you know, I've, got, I've had some new clients that are referrals that are out of state that I've never met them in person. But, you know, we've seen each other via the, the Microsoft Teams
1: hmm That's a great point. Yeah, we can still get business done remotely. So if it's something you've put off before and you need to make some good improvements, don't hesitate and uh, wait to act. If you want to get in touch with John Amrino by the way, if you're a new listener to the show and have any questions for John, you can get in touch at gosecurus.com or give a call to 858-935-6210, 858 935 one zero all right let's dive into today's main topic are you making these classic pre-retiree mistakes you know there are some financial planning blunders That are interesting to talk about, but actually are quite rare in reality. And then on the other hand, there are some financial planning mistakes that happen far too often, and these should be the ones that get more press. And so we want to do that on today's show. Elevate these things that may not have the interesting hook to them that other stories might, but that these are the things that are always happening and always going wrong in somebody's financial life. So let's fix these things that are way too common and really shouldn't have to be called classic retirement mistakes. We don't want any of these to be truly classic for you, of course. So I've got a couple here that we have uh, identified in preparation for today's show and John first on the list. First classic pre-retirement mistake is investing at age 59 the same way that you invested at age 39.
0: Oh yeah, this is a very common mistake, uh, a great one to lead off with and and I see this in my office, you know, all too often. As a matter of fact, I j- I saw it especially We talked about in past podcasts, you know, right when the pandemic happened, I was meeting with new client prospects and they were all right between the ages of 58 and 63 looking to retire in the next one to two, three years. And all of them, you know, this is in late March, April, all of them were now shell shocked. They just realized that they lost a quarter to a third of their 401k. And they understood quite clearly that things were now different. One month made their whole retirement different. They understood that. And, you know, when I meet with clients, we always talk about what's called the money cycle. And there's three parts to the money cycle, Walter. There's your accumulation, your preservation, and your distribution. And I know we've talked about this, again, on past podcasts, but it's important. So the first is the accumulation cycle. And this is when you're working and you're putting money into your 401k and your IRA and you're raising capital for retirement. And the big thing we need to focus on with in the accumulation is just growing your money. Your livelihood doesn't depend on your 401k or your IRA yet, right? Let me repeat that, yet. Because Walter, if you're working... Where does your peace of mind come from to pay your bills and fund your lifestyle?
1: From the job. That fills in a lot of, oh, as long as I have the job, I'm pretty comfortable, right?
0: Right, right. It's your salary. It's your paycheck. That's what gives you peace of mind. And that's what retirees want. You know, they want peace of mind in retirement, but now they're shifting. They're not getting that paycheck. So Prudential actually did a study years ago, and they called the study the retirement red zone. And during the study, they said that the last five years of employment and the first 10 years of retirement are the most critical years of your financial life. And that preservation of assets must be accounted for, must be on your mind, and is a key part of the planning. So that takes us to the second part of our cycle, which is the preservation portion. And this part of the cycle Plays off the retirement red zone. And it's important for you as a pre retiree and especially a new retiree to preserve a portion of your assets. And I always tell my clients this, I've said it repeatedly on this show. My job as a retirement planner is not to make you rich, it's to make sure you have peace of mind that you are not going to outlive your money, the retiree's greatest fear. So there have been studies on the importance of preservation of assets. I just said it's the most important part of the cycle, but guess what, Walter? It's an area that is commonly missed by new clients, especially Hmm. pre-retirees, right? They're still working and they're not thinking about pulling back the risk on the assets they've already accumulated. And then the last part of the cycle is the distribution part. And this is where you turn your assets into an income stream. And that's whether it's to fund your livelihood or it's to fund your lifestyle and your vacations. And as I said before, most people go straight from accumulation to distribution and skip the preservation cycle. And that's a huge mistake. Moreover, when they do that, they develop an inefficient income stream that is not predictable. It's not sustainable. They often haven't maximized their social security benefits. And if the market crashes and they're invested in higher risk funds, they're either going to take a pay cut and reduce their lifestyle in retirement, which zero people ever list as a goal, by the way, or they're simply gonna increase their chances of living without money, also known as going broke. So it really comes down to time horizon. At 39, you may have 20 to 25 or even 30 years before retiring, but at 59, you may have one, or five, or less than 10. You should have built up the vast majority of your wealth, and now the goal is to preserve and safely grow that money.
1: Great points, John. And I think that time horizon is such an important point. And you just have to understand that there's just so much of a difference between, you know, five to 10 years away from retirement versus 20 to 25. There's just so much more time to recover from mistakes and problems and issues. But if you're a pre-retiree getting close to that date, you don't have time on your side anymore, unfortunately. So that's one classic pre-retiree mistake we see. Another is folks who start Social Security Without a plan or strategy, they kind of make that choice in a vacuum, if you will.
0: Yeah. And again, kind of repeating what we just said with the first topic, this is another huge mistake that retirees make. As a matter of fact, 81% of people claim Social Security to their detriment. And, you know, I've talked with clients, I, I've taught the classes over the years. I've Ask people why they claim Social Security, and it all—it always kind of goes back to, well, my brother, my sister, or my friend, or someone in the office had an article that said we should claim it as soon as possible, and they're not taken into account their personable situation. But I mean, I've sat there and I've talked with even clients who have said, you know, my sister's advisor is saying to claim that Social Security now. Verse later, and I'm saying, telling her, listen, I'm a social security expert. Every conference that I've gone to on social security, they preach against that. And my software that is looking at all the analytics is showing you that that's a mistake. But, you know, they hear that advice or, you know, they read an article. I think uh, it was a Motley Fool article that said, claim your social security early and invest it and if you return 6%, you can get just as much if not more than your social security. Well, you're taking what's a guaranteed payment at maybe full retirement age or or further on and you're replacing a guaranteed with a hope and prayer. And you know, what if a are you really going to invest that money? And b, what if you don't get 6%? You know, what happens then? So you know, most people are taking advice really not taking into account any analytics or the several planning features like taxes and and survivorship income. They're not taking all that into account. They're just looking at maybe if they are taking into account anything, they're looking at max benefits or the break even point. And, you know, they're not taking into account that if they're claiming early because they don't want to touch their assets, that they may actually be increasing their future tax liability and marginal tax traps, especially when they're going to have to take required minimum distributions. And I always tell people that people across the United States take more time planning their summer vacation than they actually do claiming their Social Security. And depending on how long you live, If you're claiming early with not truly taking the time to plan and have a decision made off of that plan and all the analytics, you could be leaving several hundred thousand dollars on the table. Now, Walter, I don't know about you, but I would sure like to have received an extra couple hundred thousand dollars. Over my lifetime. What about you?
1: Yeah, I mean I, I I can pass on it, you know, we can just give that to somebody. Well, you're, else. you're a big you're a big podcast yeah, radio producer. You know, you know how that is. <laughs> I yeah, mean, but th- th- those are significant dollars. Yeah. We're not yeah, talking about a thousand dollar mistake here.
0: Yeah, and you know, the end all of this is is you know, sometimes maybe you do have to claim at sixty two or sixty three. Maybe you're not in good health. Maybe you just need the money right? I mean, that's all a moot point. If you're forced into retirement, maybe you got your your job furloughed. And now you're forced into retirement a couple years early, you're not finding a new job and you need it, then those are all extenuating circumstances. But the point of the matter is people just aren't taking the time or getting the proper advice and analytics to make that decision, whether to claim early, claim at full retirement, or delay.
1: So that's another classic Pre-retiree mistake, starting Social Security without that plan or strategy. Here's another one for you, John. Focusing on tax preparation, but not tax planning. Now, to some, that may sound like a silly little nuance or just a play on words, but this is another one that's actually a pretty dramatic difference.
0: Yeah, and, you know, Walter, you're a great producer. What can I say? I mean, you are hitting on all the key (laughs) areas, my friend.
1: Well, thank you, sir. Appreciate that.
0: You know, this is not only another area where, I don't know, I would say maybe 97, 98% of people don't plan for. But what's even more concerning about this area is it's an area where a lot of advisors don't plan for for their clients. And they actually don't even discuss it with their clients because either they're uncomfortable talking about taxes because they don't understand the difference between tax planning and tax advice. And there's a huge difference right? I'm not a tax professional. We can do tax planning, but I have to draw the line. I can't give you tax advice on something that may put me in front of the IRS. There's a big difference that a lot of advisors don't understand, or their firm just doesn't allow it to happen. And, and I, I had met with a few people over the years that, you know, were with big firms, and they're saying, yeah, you know, I brought up to my broker or my advisor that, you know, taxes are a big concern of mine. And they said, you know, we don't talk about taxes. Our firm doesn't want us even talking about taxes. Or, you know, I've taught classes and and I've had people come up to me like agitated, like, why are you talking about this? And my advisor won't even touch taxes. They tell me to go talk to my CPA. And, and I always tell them, well, oh, there's a two-pronged problem there. Number one, your advisor doesn't want to talk to you about taxes. But understand, everything they have you invested in has a taxable consequence. And number two, they're telling you to talk to your CPA about tax planning. And that's another area that's not really always planned for is in the tax preparation area. And this is nothing against enrolled agents, CPAs, very smart people. They're needed. But understand that tax preparation does not address tax planning for future tax liability. And with enrolled agents and CPAs, it's really not in their business model to do tax planning. Their job is to document what has already happened and prepare your taxes with the proper deductions or perhaps give you advice on how to claim better deductions or credits in the next year or to find those deductions or credits this year to help your current tax situation out right ed slot the renowned cpa says he loves his industry but cpas are historians they're addressing something that has already happened that is no longer in your control and again it's not a knock on the tax preparation industry because one reason that it's not in their business model is they're extremely overwhelmed I just talked with a, a buddy of mine. A, a, he's actually a financial advisor and a tax planner. He evolved more from tax planning to financial planning. And we're in a, a mastermind group, and he said he's exhausted. They were inundated with about 1,000 tax returns right up to that July 15th deadline. And you know he had to take a week off afterwards. And so when you have 1,000 or 2,000 clients, it's near impossible to do proper tax planning that takes time and effort with their clients. And again, that goes back to us being a very niche and boutique holistic retirement plan firm. We only work with a certain client, so we have the ability and the time to put in our heart and our passion and sit down and do detailed planning like tax planning with our clients.
1: I love it. I think it's so interesting to look at it that way. CPAs are historians. That's a really good way to kind of understand that whole concept versus somebody who's looking forward to what changes can we make going forward to better the situation. So makes a lot of sense. Tax preparation, a little different than tax planning. Big consequences to doing both of those things correct, obviously. Another classic pre-retiree mistake. We're chock full of them on today's show and trying to solve these problems for you. Assuming that most of your retirement health care needs are going to be covered by Medicare. Do you see that assumption being made a lot?
0: Yeah, you know, out of you've had some great topics. This one, I don't see that as much. That's
1: a good thing. Um,
0: yeah, and I think most people understand, you know, they're inundated with all the Medicare was it Alex Trebek or whoever doing you know all the Medicare or, or Tom Selleck? They understand the diff, that Medicare Part A and Part B are going to typically cover you know they're going to cover eighty percent of your bills and that they're going to have to supplement that. I and mean, you see so many commercials with you know the Medicare Advantage or the supplement or the Medicare Gap Medigap plans and and they understand they're going to have to get Part D prescription coverage. I don't see too many people coming into my office not knowing that. They may not know the minutia and all the details, but they grasp that concept. But the biggest area that I think people get complacent on and confused on is that they they see that Part A covers nursing facilities, and they go, oh, long-term care. Medicare covers long-term care. I don't need long-term care coverage. They don't understand that that's only for the first 100 days and that you have to be admitted into the hospital. And I I had sent this article out probably about six or seven months ago that there was a difference between being admitted and being put in observation. That you can actually be moved to a hospital room and kept there for 10 days under observation and you're never admitted. And if you're never admitted, you don't qualify for Medicare to cover the first 100 days of a skilled nursing facility. And furthermore, they don't understand that those first 100 days aren't actually fully covered. They're actually prorated. The longer you stay, the more you actually have to pay for. So, you know, it's the first 20 days, I believe, is is full coverage. And then as you stay longer and longer, the cost of coverage shifts more to you. Not to mention that, you know, statistically speaking, the average long-term care event is three years, which uh, if, you know, we did our math is far longer than 100 days.
1: That's an interesting nuance. So that's a good thing, though, that people aren't really overlooking that one. It's just still they often need clarification on some of the smaller rules within and some of the smaller assumptions and things to understand within that conversation. So that's good to know. All right. One last one. One last classic pre-retiree mistake. Not taking into account proper estate planning. What does proper estate planning look like? Are people asking the right questions here?
0: Yeah. You know, I think, you know, people think that, oh, I have a will, and that that works. I'll be honest, I'll be very blunt. If you're in California and you own a home, a will's not gonna cut it. First of all, a will is public record because a will moves you to probate, which is a court proceeding, and all court proceedings are public record. So yes, a will is important, but furthermore, you're gonna want a trust, a, a living trust of something, especially if you own a house. Now, here's here's the bad part. A living trust may cost you anywhere from two dollars to $4,000 or more, depending on how complex your situation is. And people sometimes don't like to buy things or get things done because they're important. I'm going to tell you right now that if you have more than $500,000 in assets, and that's you know including your house, that two dollars to $4,000 is a drop in the bucket. Because if you have a will and it goes to probate in California... You're probably looking at at least 20,000 plus dollars in attorney's fees. That's still your money that could have been passed on to your beneficiaries, but instead you're paying the attorneys who, didn't, who you didn't want to pay 2 or 3,000 dollars for in the beginning. Now you're paying them 20 or 24,000. Not to mention it's public record, the trust is no longer public record because you don't have probate and you have more control. You have control from the grave in potentially uh, if the trust is developed correctly you could also have creditor protection from your assets. So I don't see a, a you know a lot of people, they don't have a trust. They've just kind of put it off or they just didn't want to pay for it or uh, you know they saw whatever. Shapiro and oh I'm gonna do legal zoom. Listen, this is not one of these do it yourself, you know, like you're make you're building a fence or something in your backyard. This is very important. Have a professional do it. Now for the people that get a trust, there are some issues that we still have, right? The beneficiary documents. Understand that the beneficiary document is the most important estate planning document, period. It trumps a trust. What is on a beneficiary document overrules what is on a trust. So Walter, you could say, hey, listen, John, I'm gonna leave you you $100,000 of my IRA, and you could have that in the trust. But then on your IRA document, you could leave the $100,000 to another person. I wouldn't get that because it's whatever's on your beneficiary document from your IRA. So the biggest problem there I see is beneficiary documents are not current and they're not accurate, so they're leaving the money to maybe an ex-spouse, an ex-girlfriend, you know, not their intended people they want to. Or they're actually leaving the trust as the beneficiary of a retirement account. now understand I'm not talking about your house I'm not talking about a brokerage. I'm talking about your retirement accounts, your 401ks or more commonly your IRAs. you are creating a potentially larger tax issue if you're leaving that money to the trust versus an individual and that's a whole nother topic but you know you have to look at the pros and cons of both. Another thing we see with the beneficiary documents, there's no contingent beneficiaries, right? It's just the spouse. Well, especially if you don't have a trust, right? What happens if you and your spouse get in a car accident and you both die? Well, then where's the money you go to? So always have contingent beneficiaries. And then lastly, you're not considering the taxes that you'll be leaving behind. You're just kind of just going, oh, you know what? We have three kids, you know, one of them yeah they is really successful they're a doctor the other one is uh you know a successful you know businessman and the other one well you know two of the three weren't bad you know the other one we've always kind of had to help out always in and out of jobs you know right now he's you know, he's got a a job that's barely paying the bills well you want to be able you just don't want to leave a third of the wealth and just go okay a third of wealth to to child number one, third to two, and, and a third to number three. You wanna sit there and look at, okay, they want the money to equally be dispersed. But Walter, if I gave child number one $500,000, and they're making a half a million dollars a year, that $500,000, when they take that money out, is gonna be taxed at their income rate. So you know, what if they're in the 37% tax bracket? Well, they're not getting that whole $500,000, right? Now, if I left that $500,000 to the lower income earner, depending on how they take it, maybe they just take out $50,000 a year, they're going to stay in a lower tax bracket. So they're actually getting more of the money, right? So for people that may have non-qualified assets that are going to be a little bit more tax favored or, better yet, Roth money or perhaps life insurance proceeds that are going to be tax-free, you're going to want to probably leave those to your higher income and then leave the IRA or the tax-deferred stuff to your lower-earning children because it's going to pan out a little bit better. It's going to be more tax-efficient for everyone. But Because remember, these aren't estate planning taxes. These are just death taxes. These are taxes that have never been paid on your retirement. So while you're leaving money to the kids, you're also leaving the taxes with them.
1: Fascinating to look at all these different classic pre retiree mistakes. Gosh, you think if you can avoid those five, seeing as how big and deep most of them were, boy, you'd be in pretty good shape just from avoiding five big mistakes that so many other people fall victim to. So don't let that be you. Again, if you need some assistance and some help organizing all of this, making sure that it's all covered in your financial plan. I mean, just like the Social Security conversation, you can't just make that one choice in a vacuum. You've got to see how it fits into your financial picture as a whole, and that goes with any of these discussions. Talk to John Amarino about that. He is San Diego's premier holistic retirement advisor, and that word holistic, yeah, it's true. you, know, you got to make sure that you look at all the angles. 858-935-6210, your number to call to get in touch with John. That's 858-935-6210, or go online to gosecurus.com That's gosecurus.com It's time for the mailbag. We want to hear from you. All right, John, it's time to answer one of our listener questions before we wrap up today's show. This one comes to us from Rourke in Encinitas. Rourke says, my financial advisor seems to do a good job of managing my investments as far as I can tell. But we never talk about other things like Social Security or life insurance or legacy plans, which are all things I feel like I should be getting advice on. Is this typical?
0: Yeah, Bork. Well, I mean, it's, your question is perfectly timed for this segment. And I do talk a lot about there's a difference in advisors today. There are some advisors out there that are phenomenal advisors. They, they are very good with investments and... They're good for the accumulation period of your life. But as I always say, investments are always going to be important. But in retirement, during this period where the stakes are so much higher and you know you have so many more choices, things can go wrong, right? You're, you're that much closer to death. You're going to have more health issues. You may not actually be in a lower tax bracket. You're going to have marginal tax traps. All these things are going to eat away at your assets. So you have to understand that investments, while they're important, are just a small portion of the pie. It is typical, unfortunately, that a lot of people, you know, they're just seeing advisors that, hey, investments, that's their bread and butter. That's what they talk about. You know, just claim Social Security whenever, sooner rather than later so we don't have to touch the assets. We want to talk about taxes, go to your CPA, Medicare, call the guy on the commercial You know, they just don't, that's not their area of forte. And that's, you know, that's really why I did what I did in choosing my path as a holistic retirement planner, because I want my clients to know that we're looking at every little angle that will ultimately make them and their retirement plan most efficient and give them the highest probability to have peace of mind in retirement.
1: You got to make sure that you're making good choices and that you're getting great holistic advice, Rourke. And so, yeah, you know, there might be somebody out there who can only give you a very narrow picture of what's going on in your financial landscape. But there are others who can give you that holistic view and make sure it's all working together. And you got to make sure that you know who and what kind of advisor you're working with to dig into that. And so it's a great question to be asking. Again, if you want to talk to John and get any uh, questions answered that might pertain to your particular situation, you can always reach out apart from the podcast and just have a one-on-one conversation with John at 858-935-6210. That's 858 935 one zero. Always happy to talk to you about those things. Or if you just have a suggestion, uh, maybe a future topic on the show that you'd love to hear covered, something like that, you can always reach out and suggest that as well. We're happy to take that. GoSecurist.com is the place online to visit. That's GoSecurist.com. And we'll put links to the contact information to get in touch with John in the description of today's show to make it easy for you to find. Well, John, thank you for the help on today's program. Enjoy tackling some of these classic mistakes with you. Hopefully, we were able to help some folks on today's show avoid making these in the future.
0: Always great content today, Walter. Great content. A
1: lot of fun as always. That's John Amerino. I'm Walter Storholt. We'll talk to you next time right back here on the Retire Happy Podcast. Investment advisory
0: services offered through Brookstone Capital Management, LLC, BCM, a registered investment advisor. BCM and Securus Financial are independent of each other. Insurance products and services are not offered through BCM, but are offered and sold through individually licensed and appointed agents. The opinions expressed by John Amarino and guests on this radio show are their own and are based upon information considered reliable, although it should not be relied upon as such. Any statements or opinions are subject to change without notice. Investments involve risk and, unless otherwise stated, are not guaranteed.